you take welcome to the maker vision podcast a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community i'm trevor wanamaker a part-time maker running makerexperiment.com and my co-host Stephen ellis is a part-time woodworker running old south woodcraft we have both encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making We are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 15, where we're going to talk about the SGIA Expo that I went to as well as other trade shows, and Steven, what is going on, man? Uh, not too much, not too much, especially not too much when I'm in a hotel room well, for another uh, two weeks, three weeks, I don't know. It's an extended extended point. So no shop time in the for you. No shop time for me. Refer no to episode 14. <laughs> exactly. What to do when you're not in your shop and you're on the road. Exactly. So, be that weird guy that talks about woodworking at lunch. Somebody's got to do it. Might exactly. as well be you. Well, I mean, I I pretty much, you know, qualify as the weird guy no matter what. So it is me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, how are you, Trevor? How you doing, man? Good. Getting over sickness, and I think my daughter is now sick, so I'm sure Yay. I'll be sick again soon. I'm sorry, man. Well, it's okay. I just hope she feels better. Yeah, it is. It is sucky whenever, whenever a little one's sick and you're like, I can't. There's nothing you can do. You just gotta ride it out. And then yeah. they don't, because they're small and little. They don't quite understand that. Like, well, they just gotta ride it out. Yeah. So she's eating crackers, watching TV, and laying down. So. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry. What are, you, what are you watching in your hotel room this week? Nothing? Uh, One of my favorite shows, actually, because I'm super weird. I love to watch either Food Network or History Channel when I'm traveling because I know I can usually find something consistent. But because it's around Halloween right now, uh, you know, since it's just in a few days, Food Network, all they do is play those um, cake decorating shows or like these those. big like pumpkin. Oh, I hate them. I hate them. I love them. I hate I watch them with my wife, though. Uh, See, the thing is, I actually used to, like, do cake stuff. Like, I can actually decorate a cake. I can airbrush a cake. Don't care anything about watching someone else do it. She can do it. She took some classes on it. She's pretty good. Your your wife is, like, super talented, very artsy. But that being said, I'm actually watching American Pickers because I love American Pickers. I usually watch uh, HGTV. Okay, that's legit. Which is where, usually it's the shows where it's like, hey, I'm a teacher, and hey, I'm a mechanic, and hey, our budget's $1.5 million. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those, like, those oh, are yeah, ridiculous. I'm, a, I'm a police officer in New Jersey, and my wife say, uh, is a kindergarten teacher. We're buying our second home in, in, uh, in the south of France, you know, just because we need a second vacation home to, to get away from New Jersey. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. Not sure that any other teachers and, mm-hmm. and cops can afford a second home anywhere, totally much less in France 
unless exactly. you already live in France. This week, actually yesterday, we started watching, actually, we started and finished watching Romanoffs on Amazon. I don't think I've, mm, I don't think I've, I think I've probably seen the previews for that, but I know I haven't actually seen it. They're like three separate hour and a half long episodes of stories around people. I don't think it's true stories. I think it's just for the show about people that think they're related to the Romanovs or are related to the Romanovs and how they act and stuff like that. It was interesting. So kind of like a weird quasi fan fiction, but not fan fiction. Kind of. Yeah. Historical, maybe like historical fiction. Sure. We'll go with that. All right. Sounds good. I've heard somebody say that before. So there's only three episodes. So makes me sound fancy. So almost like how they did Sherlock with Benedict yes. Cumberbatch, it's like, all right, one very long episode, another very long episode. I like Sherlock. And then finally, I like Sherlock too, but it's like, all right, I've waited 18 months for them to finally have more Sherlock, and they give me, you know, they give me four and a half hours of Sherlock, and that's it. I get four and a half hours of Sherlock, but it's not broken up over a bunch of 30-minute, 45-minute segments. Very upsetting. Yeah, totally agree. Very upsetting. Stupid BBC shows and their <laughs> bad, like, length, episode length. There you go. Shameful. Just shameful. All right. So this episode, this, I guess, particular episode is really going to focus on more of what you got into this weekend uh, because I don't live in Vegas. I don't go to fancy conferences and shows and this, that, and the other. But luckily you do. So this is the first time I've ever been to one, and it's only because I live here now. Mm. So the one I went to is SGIA Expo, which Mm -hmm. stands for Specialty Graphic Imaging Association. Super fancy, super fancy. It sounds like a printer convention. So the description says, (laughs) for professionals in the industrial graphic garment textile electronics packaging and commercial printing communities so a printer expo but kind instead of. of printing on paper it prints on earth and it, it prints on a whole bunch of stuff yeah i would be kind of interesting interested in the textile part of it you know because when you lived in greenville yeah. You know, we're basically, we were like the textile capital of the world for a long time. It's, the show had, well, some of the machinery it had was gigantic printers, you know, the size of an entire room. Yeah. Uh, some, like half the size of my house. And yeah, then... so like to actually make, um, like newspaper print, they normally do it that way. And then they, then as it it's finally printed they then cut it in the individual strips um so it starts out like wide format almost like 14 feet wide yeah so they had they had machines that were you know printers for industrial application obviously they didn't have like in-house printers no yeah they had a lot there, lo- there no were a Epson lot of there yeah there was epson but just big <laughs> just like just like you know four or five million dollar you know yes. epson I mean, they probably started at 50k but 
you well, know. I mean, if you're saying something the size of your house, that's probably like a five. Oh, there were some investment. like that, yeah, yeah. And they had companies. So some companies were a printer company, and then some companies were like a flatbed drag knife cutter machine. So they'd they'd have relationships together. So the one company would have their printing services on display, and the other mm-hmm. company would have them cutting whatever they printed. Gotcha. Because they're sometimes they're one machine, sometimes they're two separate machines. Because yeah. large format prints sometimes stay in large format. Correct. They don't need to be cut down like wallpaper because that's making a comeback. Yeah. The reason I went to this was well, one, it was free, and it was at always the... always a definite pulling in for for conferences, associations, anything. If you can get in the door for free, yes, it's you're never going to waste your time. Correct. So it was at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is massive. Yeah, it's it's huge. So I was there to look at laser cutters and engravers, as well as CNCs. Whoever would have guessed you're going to look at laser stuff, right? True. Mr. Mr. Laser Sign Man himself. Yep. So there were a bunch of laser companies there. There mm-hmm. were quite a few... Uh, overseas ones I didn't really look at those but I looked at Epilogue Trotech, Universal I did stop by Laguna because they had one of their lasers there and they had their CNC like the 4 foot by 8 foot CNC and Mm -hmm. then there was one other CNC company there I don't remember the name of it and then Kern Laser was there which is just like gigantic industrial laser. I have never heard of that, but since I'm not in the laser game, probably not. It was good for the experience because, you know, I kind of knew how much epilogues cost because I have one. Very but, true. So as a note, I found out something interesting. Cause All right. Throw it at me. You know how I always thought that my epilogue retailed for like 15 or something. Yeah, like 15, 16 grand. Yeah. yeah. And I bought it used. Yeah, for what a third of that and then put another mm-hmm. like couple grand in it. Yeah. So, my model of laser with the same features that mine has retails for $19,400. Damn. Yeah. That So So it's I paid maybe a quarter you paid a quarter of that and then maybe put put like bumped it up to that like one third mark almost almost yeah. like one third mark in having to replace and and fix things yes so i'm pretty sure that's like that's savings that walmart can't even beat food for thought buying yes. use now you yes. have to be careful about it so their trade show price was 15 grand okay that's so, legit so they do have which in the past they didn't used to do trade show pricing. But hmm. a lot of these companies had discounts just for being at the trade show. Which is a good point to bring up for pretty much any trade show in any company. They have trade show specials on all their products. So like Epilogue had trade show specials. The Trotech quote I got for the size machine I was looking at was a savings of $7,000 just because it was the trade show discount. Um... Granted, I'm not buying any of these right now because that's ridiculous. But yeah, 
but then uh even like Laguna's laser was like a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars off. That's not bad at all. And the thing is, is like a lot of companies will do trade show pricing because one, no one wants to pack these things up and move them that frequently. And two, normally trade shows are set like the same times just about every year. So if you run your production lines based on that and you make some sort of iteration change or try to put a new product out as the trade show comes online, that means you're need, you then need to get rid of your older products. So you make trade show pricing on the older stuff, but also talk about your brand new product because somebody's probably going to want the brand new, shiniest, fanciest thing out there. But yeah. then the other guy that's been wanting to buy one for shoot for three years is finally going to be like, oh, wow, I can get a really good deal on this. Is it the brand new one? No, but is it the one that has been like a top seller and has like all the kinks worked out of it because it's been around for a while? Yes. So they didn't sell a lot on the spot because the machines the machines themselves, they typically don't sell because no, I think well, they're I the mean, ones they you gotta, take you got to ship them. you got to yeah. ship them. But they, um, they did tell me about, so Epilogue had used machines that they're refurbishing this week and they're going to be up for sale at the end of the week. Oh, wow. Okay. So normally you don't hear that from bigger yeah. suppliers because if they got machines they're going to try to refurbish, they're going to, they're not going to mention them to anyone. They're probably going to, what it is, they're probably going to talk to their customers that buy in bulk or mm-hmm. buy multiple machines and be like, hey, do you have a use for another machine? You've got four of ours already. Do you want a fifth one? We'll make you, we'll cut you a deal on it. It's been refurbed. You've already got the parts. You already know how the other four work. We'll get you a deal on it. Just take this thing off our hands. Well, I think part of it was because I kind of said, you know, I wanted to get an idea on pricing. Right now, it's just out of my budget. And then they brought up, you know, we have these other ones that are coming up that we're going to have for sale anyway. And I think a 24 by 36 inch epilogue was refurbished that was the previous generation i think they said would be 17 or 18 17 or 18 35 okay i was gonna say 17 or 18 brand new or 17 or 18 like clearance price or yeah sale price whatever okay so that i mean because those those numbers is like a woodworker especially a hand tool woodworker we would never see that like i think it's outrageous whenever I see like a hand plane or like some sort of really, really specialty plane that's like $1,200, $1,800, $2,200, but it's literally handmade. It's one of 50 or one of 100, yeah. and it's more like a showpiece. It's like, you know, will I ever use it to cut anything? No. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, this is not hobbyist level. No, no, the dollars you threw hobby out the door, you know, $20,000 ago. Well, Laguna had, so I talked to Laguna specifically because I have their bandsaw and I was kind of interested in the CNC. It's an amazing bandsaw. Axiom wasn't there, so I couldn't talk to them, but I talked to Laguna for maybe 30 or 45 minutes about CNCs and lasers and their, IQ CNC, which is their entry level one, is a two foot by three foot, and I think it starts at 
six thousand dollars with a watch for a two foot by three foot it said a lot of the parts are from china like the frame and stuff mm-hmm so there's things, I mean, there's obviously trade-offs, but you're talking an American-made CNC machine. Well, Axiom, actually, is probably about the same price. And then they all have different features. So it's, you know, I talked to them mainly because I thought, hey, maybe I can try to work with them, maybe cross-promotion stuff with them, and maybe they'd offer me a better price. So I'm waiting to see if that happens. That that's a full that's a full on possibility for sure. I mean, with as much stuff, pretty much your primary business at this point is laser work, and you definitely promote laser work. Yeah. So I mean, if you well, can do promotion for a company that manufactures lasers, that probably will mean something. Well, lasers or I was looking more at the CNC, just because it offers a new element to signs a, a that unique... I can't do right now. Yes, a very unique mm-hmm. um, kind of you know niche market. But it also and allows me to do the size that I've been getting requests for. Basically, when you go to a Laguna or a comparable CNC machine, you're basically stepping slightly beyond the hobbyist level. You're definitely stepping outside of the Inventables, the um, the Shape Oco. The other one that's like some sort of weird plywood made CNC thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forget. I don't even know what the name of that one is. I just know it was like a weird Kickstarter a few years ago. Um, it's not. You're, you're stepping well above those mm-hmm. levels. Are you going, is it a full-time production machine? No. No, but, but could you run it? Could you run it as a production machine? Yes. You could run it. 20 plus 30 plus hours a week and that's that would be normal operating conditions yeah. and if that's about ran all it, i'd run it yeah so. someone tried to run an inventables or shape oco for 20 or 30 hours a week you would end up burning out the motor you'd end up burning out the the the, the servos you'd end up burning out a lot of pieces and parts that are not designed to have those movements on top of each other f- that frequently well that and it's a water-cooled spindle which there are good and bad to every machine, obviously. But the two I'm looking at right now from a CNC standpoint are the Axiom Precision AR8, I think it is. And then the Laguna, either IQ or Swift. Price-wise, they're basically comparable. I think the Axiom cooling solution is on board. The Laguna one has like a bucket underneath that you have to put water in and it pumps the water through. It's just uh, a different way of doing it. I think, oh gosh, was I think the shark was like that too. Is it the shark? It might have been. That, like the Woodcraft, I think Woodcraft yeah, and Rockler sell them. Yeah. yeah, you have like a bucket and it just recirculates through the bucket. Yeah. I do not like that method though. That seems like a very good way... Because it's not a sealed bucket necessarily. It's a very good way to get pieces and parts into your cutting fluid, or not. It's not cutting fluid, but cooling so, fluid, and then jamming up your jamming up your coolant system. From what I've seen, picture wise, it looks like it's sealed. I don't but think it's I'm sealed that well. It's, it's not. It's not like a. 
it's it's sealed in the fact that if you knocked over the bucket, it probably won't leak, but it's not going to be quite as impervious as, say, like a sealed hydraulic yeah. reservoir tank would be to Which, where you're not getting then... gut, dust, debris, anything outside of the, the liquid itself into the reservoir and into the system. Well, and, it, and at the price point, if you're under $10,000, I'm not sure you'll find something like that. Uh, I, I think know. the I think the cool, the liquid cooling system on those shark units is like a two thousand or twenty five hundred dollar add on on a machine that's already close to that. Yeah, you know, close to that top end hobbyist range. Yeah, the um, there's another one I was looking at, Cam Master. It's called like the Cam Master Stinger One. Never it's heard a, of that one. I hadn't either. I was just doing research, but it. It's on par with the Laguna IQ and the Axiom AR6, I think. Hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. I think chose. your next I think your next thing should just be a a plasma table. So, <laughs> Yeah, you'll just have to build like a concrete bunker to put it in so your yeah. house doesn't catch on fire. But they're, hope... they're, like, beautiful. I love them. I love oh, them. Yeah. I've been in shops before that have them, and they're amazing. My hope one day. So my hope right now. So I have the laser. That was, mm -hmm. like, my dream purchase when I got it. And now that I'm starting to get things that are bigger than my laser and I have to source the cutting, I, I'm getting to that point where it's, is it beneficial to get another machine that's bigger like a CNC so I can cut the pieces that are really big, but I don't necessarily need like the epilogue level of quality out of a CNC, if that makes sense. Like I can't do a Shapeoko or an X-Carve level because I don't have the time to mess with it enough to tune it in just fine to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Whereas, and I think the Axiom, you might have to assemble yourself to a point. Mm. I think the Laguna comes assembled. How in the heck does the Laguna come assembled? Oh, I guess without the head in it, it may be pre-assembled. But I mean, still, I mean, shipping that thing assembled seems like a bad way to go. But, I mean, I don't know. That's just me. I just know how poorly freight people handle things and how precision that needs to be so from what i've seen online watching youtube videos of uncrating and everything mm -hmm. it looks like they pack the spindle head and everything with foam around it mm -hmm. and, and everything else with foam around it so i don't know how well it it arrives really like there's checks you have to do to make sure that nothing's wrong with it when it gets there. Yeah. But I mean, the majority of upper CNCs, like when you're beyond the hobbyist level, don't require you to assemble them. They come on a crate or pallet or whatever. I mean, that's legit. Most of the time, like big stuff is either broken down into pieces that are designed to disassemble, reassemble. Yeah. Or I guess in this case, if it's smaller than a four by eight sheet of plywood, then I guess you could ship it freight. Not too terribly difficult. I don't know. I just afraid somebody's gonna like drop it and destroy the thing, or at least tweak it to where you can't fix it. Yeah, that could happen. 
but they I mean the the lasers from Epilogue are crated. They're one piece. You don't assemble anything. Yeah, but all it's all little that's all like stuff that's all self-contained. Like they pack True. them up pretty tight as opposed to like a movable head on a CNC where you've got two you know, two Y rails that it rides on, an X rail that it wide that it rides on, and then the I guess the Z is just built into the head. So I mean, it's pretty easy to to throw the two Ys or the two Xs out of parallel. The Z you'd have mm-hmm. to really screw it up to mess up the Z the Z tracking on it. I'm assuming they lock it into place somehow. I just don't I know. Would how. Assume so as well. I don't know. We went off on a tangent though. All right, back to the back to the trade show thing because this was your thing. Yeah. Because you talk about yours, and I will talk about mine that is coming up. So SGA Expo was a good experience. It was definitely for like companies and businesses that are making a lot of profit. Yeah. So I mean, the produ- actual production companies. This correct. is the only thing that they do, or are one of many things that they do. But it's not just somebody going, "Hey, you know what? I think I want to run like a you know like a fourteen yeah. foot wide paper printing business out of my garage." So it's, I mean, the from the laser and CNC standpoint, there are ones you could fit in your garage, but it's more yes. like you are making money from it to be able to do it. Yes, and it's not like a oh, I want to experiment with that kind of show. You're either all in or you're not. Correct. So there yeah. are some. I think the cheapest thing I saw for what I was interested in, which was the Laguna CNCs. And the lasers from all the other companies. The cheapest thing I saw was like seven grand. That's legit. Show price. So you're looking moderately ten to maybe eleven grand, kind of basic. Like that's the that's out yeah. the door probably what you're gonna pay on most of these machines, like the the yeah. very bottom end machine. So I mean you're. I mean, you're looking at definitely a big investment, but for you, this was also like a kind of a research trip. You got to see all these things that most people never get to see unless you buy it or unless you happen to know somebody that owns one. All this stuff was for you to see and to, I guess, potentially play with, but more than likely it was already just set up on demo stuff and Mm -hmm. it was just running through things constantly. Yeah, they they had things that you could watch. It was good, because you also figured out what kind of company they are by if they bash their competition, who's also there. Hmm. Which happened. I'm not going to say who did it, but the it thing did is, I think we all do it to some extent. I mean... So I can tell you it was not epilogue, which was good, because I like my epilogue. Good. But the there were others that said... Well, ours is faster than so and so, and theirs doesn't have this stability. So it was a competitor to Epilogue that mm-hmm. was telling me this, and they're like, Epilogue doesn't have good customer service. They have poor technical support. They, their machines are so much slower than ours, and all of those are false because I've dealt with their customer service. I've dealt with their technical support for hours. 
like they stayed on the phone with me until my problem was solved. And then when it came to like the speed, it was all subjective to the machine. So if you take head to head their machine versus Epilogue's machine, Epilogue was faster. If you added their add-on, mm-hmm. that quote was so much faster. Their way of doing it involved having two laser sources, which ups the cost of the machine, and they're no longer apples to apples. Hmm. You have two. You have a machine with two laser sources versus a machine with one laser source. It should be faster. Yes. That's that's like the the cheater way to get there, kind of. Now, if you told me ours is faster and it's the equivalent of epilogues, okay, I can deal with that. Yeah. But when you start saying, oh, well, it's faster because of this technology that's a $5,000 add-on. And if you have two laser sources and both your tubes go out at the same time, instead of like a $2,000 replacement it's now a four thousand dollar replacement yes so do your homework is my point the thing is also you know you were there with all marketing people correct yes so i mean i've been to i was at a decent number of terry shows to know there's there's you know kind of two types of marketing or three types of marketing people there's the older marketing guy that his job his job set or her job set they've been doing this for a long time they don't care if they get new customers or not because they know the existing customers they have are going to basically keep their job afloat you have the second one the new you know hot shot that's going to talk bad about the competition talk about how great their product is you know i promise you the world and may or may not deliver on it and then you have the third person who's just going to say okay well, here's our machine. These are all the things about it. Here's our competitor's machine. Here are the things about it. And they really tell you, okay, ours has got a 2.3 horse motor, and theirs only has a 2.0. Yeah. And, you know, theirs costs this much. Ours costs this much. Theirs made in, like, you know, Taiwan. Ours is made in, like, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, you know. Yeah. So it's like, well, oh, there's okay, also right. the, There's the people that, along that line, that will just tell you, you know, this is the difference between our machine and their machine. This is why we don't think that's a good thing. Telling you the differences between machines. Yes. And yes. then why they personally don't think it's a good thing. They don't bash the competitor. They just say why they prefer this one over that one. That's, I mean, that's legit. As long as they give you, you know, not just a, hey, they suck thing. It's more like, I've been working here for a couple of years. I've seen how these products perform. You know, we've heard from people that own the competitor's product and they come by ours and they're so much happier. I, I want to know those things, you know, as a, as a person that's going to buy something. I want to know yeah. why, you know, why your machine is better because more than likely if I'm talking to you, I may have some interest in your machine. I may potentially want to purchase that machine. But mm-hmm. why do I want to pay more for your machine as opposed to their machine? But, I mean, I've had this discussion plenty of times. Yes, sometimes you get, you do get what you pay for, for most tools. So if you pay for a higher, you know, a higher price, you probably do get a better product. 
but there are some tools that come in a white box with uh, little little green handles and everything on them that are still they're very quality made but at the same time they're very 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 expensive and it's that's you, actually there's a, a, there's a big it. there's a big disconnect you know there's a there's about like a on their most basic item there's probably about a $300 disconnect with probably the next closest competitor yeah it's it's definitely eye opening. Yes. Yes. And just because you make something in Germany doesn't mean that it's automatically better. Correct. Yes. German. Most German made stuff is really good. But guess what? Almost everything made in Switzerland is as good, if not better, than German stuff. Because the Swiss just, you know. You know, they, they never went to war, so they've got more time to focus on building things. There you go. <laughs> so you're going to a trade show soon? Yes. Uh, trade show convention, I don't know exactly how the best phrasing of it is. And by the time this episode drops, it will be, you know, a couple days closer to that convention. But this upcoming Saturday, October the 27th, if you are anywhere near Western North Carolina... East Tennessee, upstate, or Midlands of South Carolina, or shoot, even in parts of Virginia, you need to get to Hickory, North Carolina for the Clean Spore Woodworking Show. Yes, it is mostly for woodworkers, but Clean Spore, I cannot say enough about. Clean Spore is probably, if not the best, you know, if not in the top three, but probably the best abrasives company I've ever dealt with. And abrasives, that includes sandpaper of every style, shape, format imaginable. And guess what? Their stuff is owned by their the, the main owner, Mr. Klingspor himself, is German guy. Guess where most of their stuff comes from? Not Germany, it's made in Poland. But they have other things that are not made anywhere in, in Europe. They're made in like Taiwan, I think, or something. They're, they're made somewhere in Asia. I can't remember some of their stuff. But, I mean, they're just a wonderful wonderful asset to the woodworking community and it's only in the last probably i think maybe decade they've been doing woodworking stuff i mean sandpaper is ubiquitous to many 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 you know different um uh, i guess trades and i think Mm -hmm. their primary thing started out as as car work is doing body shop work because i mean at that point you're no longer looking at hundreds of grits you're looking at thousands and tens of thousands of grits you know going up into super super fine fine grits to do body work so they just make a great product and i really like them so i'm going to go be going to that because someone that works for clean spore i've been wanting to meet for a long time because i can't say enough about their product not to mention there's going to be the southern woodworkers um, which is a basically kind of big facebook and instagram uh, grouping of woodworkers across the southeastern United States. I think it reaches into other places because people have moved and just stayed tied into the group, or they just found that group and liked it better than the group that's they're they're closest to. And then of course there's going to be you know some pretty decent content creators there. I know for sure Izzy Swan will be going because I talked to him just the other week and he said he would be. So I know I know he will be there. Because I think he is going to help rep the Southern Woodworkers um, 
booth as part of the trade show. But uh, there's going to be many other different types of people. There's specifically a wood turners area because wood turner wood turning in North Carolina is very big. Uh, I think there's going to be carvers, um, and I think there's also going to be one other kind of I guess niche woodworking market. Give me just a second, and I will tell you what it is. But it's also going to have a good number of, you know, just general companies that everyone would use. Yeah. Let's see. 18th. Wow. 18th annual woodworking extravaganza. I did not think they've been doing woodworking stuff that long, but it's 18th annual. So, okay. Wow. Um, so, let's see. We've got carving. We've got learning to turn, turning area. And we've got, let's see here, woodturners, ooh, marketrarians of North Carolina. I didn't realize that was a thing. Well, I know what marquetry is. Marquetry is a very specific area of fine, like fine the, furniture woodworking. I think I've seen some of that stuff before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very like high-end fine woodworking detail. Um, yeah. That you have to have a very, like, honestly, it's really for people that build really custom furniture because there's a lot that goes into it. Even even pre-made marquetry where you're just doing the inlaying yourself is still very meticulous. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking right here. We're going to have all the, looks like they're going to have all the big names, of course. We've got, um, let's see here, we got Bosch, Microjig. Uh, Triton, Wagner, Timbermate. I don't know what Timbermate is. A Mana Tool, the King Arthur Tools, which are those uh, rotary carving tools. Rikon, um, Erlex, so, you know, for the people that need a sprayer. Uh, Arbortech, which is also another, I mean, similar to King Arthur. Saw mm -hmm. Stop, got to have your Saw Stop. A uh, big chunk of the area is uh, Festool. Um, beside them is Supermax, which I forgot exactly what they did, and I had to look it up the other day. They're they the are the, they're the drum sander people. Yeah, they got bought out by Laguna. Oh wow, okay. Maybe that's why they have this very similar colors now. Like it's just that dark yeah. gray and not as dark gray. Hmm. But um, I think they pretty much Klingspor pretty much just makes rolls specifically just to drop in Supermax stuff. But I mean, it's gonna have a bunch of things there, and. If anybody listens to the podcast is wanting to go to a conference that I don't think is very expensive, that I re can recall, I don't know, I'm going to pay whatever the fee is because yeah. I've been wanting to go for a few years and I'm finally getting the chance to, um, I would recommend going because you're going to have probably giveaways, you're going to have free trial to look at stuff. You're going to have a place where you're going to be able to actually interact with a bunch of different things, mm -hmm. whereas... If you go into a woodcraft or the cling sports stores themselves, you may not be able to always try everything yeah. because they're not going to be starting and stopping a saw stop all the time. Yeah. Here, more than likely, you're going to hear that thing go off every once in a while because they're going to be doing the hot dog test. Probably. Yeah, the the one I'm looking forward to, which is next year, is AWFS, yes. which is a woodworking show. It is a... I wouldn't call it a woodworking show so much as I would call it a woodworking like paradise because the way i've heard other people talk it up and because it only comes around like every two or three years it's supposed to be just crazy cool so from what i can see on the website 
so th this is listing the 2017 exhibitors. They don't have next year's yet listed. Mm -hmm. Oh, but so they have... maybe it is every year. No, it's every two years. Then why do they have 2017? Oh, huh. Because next I can't do math because next year will be 2019. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking 2018. <laughs> math the... no work today. They will have Festool, or at least what was there in 2017, which I would expect to be there again, is Festool, Laguna, Shopbot, um, Shawstop, Shopbot CNCs. Oh, okay, I was like, I don't know what that is. They'll have uh, Klingspore. Yes. Was there in 2017. They will probably be there again. So there's laser companies, it looks like. It looks like there's CNC hobby companies. And, like hobby and professional or just like, hobby? Like Epilogue is there. Okay, so, yeah. I don't I don't know about hobby, but professional's there. Yeah. And then, I mean, I would imagine Inventables or Shapeoko, mm -hmm. you know, is going to pop up there. And probably one of those Chinese laser companies will probably pop up for probably. sure. Lee Valley was there. Oh, man. Mastercam. Let's see who else. Plywood dealers, hardwood dealers. Mm-hmm. Panel saw people. Okay. Like so pretty that's... much anything related to woodworking or anything that, you know, you can make stuff from wood. So CNCs, yeah. lasers, power tools. Uh, it looks like the dealers for the supplies it looks like all of those are there. Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, there's also companies that the only thing that they provide are like automated plywood cutting machines. They're, like basically, you, some of those you, feed, you feed a four by eight sheet in, and you get an IKEA box of parts at the back end. Yeah, there were things like that at that SGIA too. Hmm. So, food for thought, AWFS, 2019. And it is where? It is in Vegas. Uh, so that's where your 2019 money's going to go. So it's actually only like, I think it said $40 to attend. What? Yeah. Wow. Which is not Why are bad. some of these conferences like hundreds of dollars? I don't know. I don't get that. Well, it's because that's crazy. these are all funded by the exhibitors. That's true. That's true. Whereas the ones like, you know, the smaller ones that makers attend to learn stuff aren't as exhibitor driven. That's true. Like so the this... Haven conference or something that was like, I think yeah. it was like $160 a day. Yeah. That's and a then huge chunk of money. The countdown says 267 days, 7 hours, 0 minutes, and 53 to 1 seconds. Wow. They got fancy. It is at the Las Vegas Convention Center where the SGIA Expo was. So that yeah, place is of... massive. Yeah, um, the company I work for, apparently we did a bunch of renovations on it in like the mid-2000s, and it's probably one of the largest buildings in Vegas, like bigger than most of the hotels. So trade shows, they're good for, they're you know, good for pricing. They're good for pricing, because you have trade show pricing. They're also good for seeing and possibly being able to interact with things that you normally don't get to interact with because they're mm -hmm. they're they're not they're not just they don't just sit in stores all the time they're not yeah. like a saw stop or fest tool or things like that that are smaller that can fit in a normal store correct 
epilogue laser, yeah, you might be able to find room for that in a store, but actually taking up the space to turn it on, have a dedicated exhaust, all that is not functional. Yeah, they have to have special exhaust measures to yeah. have these inside. So Yeah. And then the, the other thing is, is, you know, everyone likes their swag. I don't know if you got any swag while at your conference, but I, I more than likely will probably get some swag. I'm assuming sandpaper, which is perfectly fine by me. As a woodworker, I always could use sandpaper. Ooh, fancy. Got a backpack. Got you a Laguna backpack. Was that like a Ubi O O B E bag? It, it looks like one of those. Have a, a label name on it. Okay. That I see. Gotcha. Other I like Laguna. those. Nothing wrong with that. So. Yeah, but the other thing is not just the swag, but sometimes like these people, like the the plywood companies, mm-hmm. the, the people that are trying to sell plywood or trying to sell these machines that break down plywood. Yeah. They bought plywood for that conference, and once it's done, it has zero value to them. Yes. Hardwood dealers, there's a potential that they don't want to truck any of that stuff back out. That's my hope next year at AWS. Is that, is that maybe they will not necessarily give it away, but they'll let you Make have it at a, better, at a better price. Be like, here, it took two guys to move this out earlier in the day, and we paid them for it. You're going to pay us, and you're going to be one person dragging it out. Why don't you just take it with you? That's, so there's things like that. And, 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 yeah, things will always come up. There's free samples of certain mm-hmm. things from time to time. I'm hoping general finishes might have something, something like that. That would be cool. You have to let me know. Yeah, I think, I think Osmo, not Osmo, but Rubio, Monaco. I think at some of these other trade shows and stuff have given away their little, like, their little, like, think like three ounce vial with a little bit of the equal parts because it's like a two-part oil and wax so a little bit of oil and a little bit of wax for like a really small project basically to see hey see if you like this see if you want to try it out and um you know if you if you like it buy the bigger thing because nobody's going to just use three or four ounces of finish unless the only thing you're finishing is um like a messed up little spot on tabletop or a bunch of picture frames because yeah. they don't eat up much that much finish. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. I've never been to a woodworking one. Well, this was the first trade show I've been to for maker kind of related stuff. Yeah, because so, I guess all your trade shows before were just for like design and engineering. and They were all for the companies I worked for. So Yes, and they don't, it's not, it's a little harder to give away stuff at those. Other than cheap piece of crap pens, yeah. Hey, hey, hey now. Hey, I love free pens, man. I love free pens. Each their own. Yes. Now, if they ever have like a Sharpie trade show, I'd be so into that. There you go. A good, I love a good Sharpie. But we'll see. I love a really good Sharpie, and I also love a super cheap Bic pen. There you go. Because they, they work no matter what, because they're so cheap, there's nothing on them to break. That's true. I did... Uh, find an acrylic supplier at the show mm-hmm. that he was like tucked back in the corner like a really small booth it was just him and one other person he probably had just enough money to buy like the smallest I amount of so. space and they're like oh crap we gotta find some place for this guy but he I talked to him about Instagram and everything mm-hmm. and he doesn't currently use it so he was talking about potentially sending me some mirrored acrylic 
to make stuff with and I think he was going to make an Instagram for the company and then if I like it if I like it I'll tag him in what I'm doing but I was like that's cool because acrylic is not cheap as material usually it's like 20 bucks a sheet that's 12 by 24 yeah because acrylic is not made with the same plastics and not made in the same way as like a normal what is it uh not PVC, PLA, PLA plastic. Well, and then you have to have like whatever they put on it to protect it has to be laser safe, fume wise. Oh, that's true. So that adds a complexity that yeah, it may not be that complex to them because they might just add it as being laser safe to begin with, so they can market it that way. Possibly, but it drives up the cost. So it does, but at the same time, think about it. If they're if they're a production facility and they don't have all those safety measures in place when they're making raw product, yeah, it's easier to make a raw product that's in trend, that's that's naturally going to be safe as opposed to say like a 3M product yeah. because they make such nasty stuff in all other parts of the world that making plastic in America they've already got that built in. They've already got air quality permits. They've already got exhausting. I mean, I work at a 3M facility from time to time and it is a stinky, stinky place. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely good things to the trade shows that I found out. So there's obviously the swag, but then there's the discounts. So I I think a lot of people don't know that you can get a discount at trade shows, Mm -hmm. but the other thing you can do, which I've done in the past when I was getting quotes before, was if you call them and say, hey, I was going to go to the MBM, which is another trade show for laser signage stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to this trade show. I missed it. I wasn't feeling well. And I said, you know, do you have trade show pricing on your machines? And if so, what is it? And they still quoted me trade show pricing, even if I didn't go to it. Hmm. I think that's just... um. I think that's just a benefit of quality customer service and, and good marketing. I think you know, it just depends on the company. And that's what I mean. It's just it's yeah. it's dependent on the company because, I mean, everybody knows about the glorious Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, 20% off coupons that they've probably been expired yes. for like a decade. They'll still accept the coupon because that's just how their company operates. Plus and they then you also out like every week. They, yes, they ship them out. They go through more paper than probably just about like the telephone company. But then there's other people that have no coupon program. Yes. Because they would rather not deal with that. They would rather just spend the effort to just try to make their product as, I guess, financially feasible as possible and never have to worry about stupid coupons. So yeah. it just, it's company dependent. It is very um, company dependent. But, I mean, the other thing is you're with the people that sell the products. They're representing their company. It's always nice to talk to them no matter what because if you're in a store that sells the product, that person's trying to sell for the store. They're not necessarily trying to sell that yeah. product. They're trying mm-hmm. to sell all the products. Makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to AWFS and... I think Festival Connect is actually next or this weekend, but I don't know if I'll make it there. I mean, unless you really want Festool, I'm not sure that it's... The only reason I was going to go was if you pre-registered 
And if you end up being one of the first 500 people that pre-registered, you get like a free festival product. But it might it's just, probably, I think it was it's a, probably a palm sander. I think it was one of their hoses that's still like 150 bucks or something. Yeah, but, but my friend, you, my friend has a bunch of festival that lives here. Mm-hmm. So I was going to give it to him if he wanted it. Gotcha. Once again, I don't, I can't. I know. I can't um, see the justification. I can't either, which is why I don't own any. Yes. Is there I can see the justification in owning a Lee Valley tool. Yeah. Or a Lee Nielsen tool. Yeah. As opposed to just owning like anybody's True. You know, plane because they're made really, really well, especially the Leon Lee Nielsen, because they're bronze. There you go. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Are they still very, very expensive compared to probably the next step down? Yes. But I can clearly see where my money is going. And a fest tool, well, I cannot. And you're the hand tool guy, so that makes sense. Uh, also, But the thing is, I would be totally fine having fest tool yeah. if I needed fest tool. If I could yeah. see where my money was going in it, great. I would probably try to invest in fest tool. True. Their battery-operated drill, no. I haven't. There's nothing that I've ever seen anyone talk about their drills as being any, any better than anyone else's. It's usually their other things with dust collection. Pretty much. It's just a dust collection, like the Capex. Yeah. The Capex is dust collection is, is far superior than anybody else's. Is dust collection that big? That. Is dust collection that important to you? If it is, then buy the Fest tool. Don't buy anything else. If it's not that important... Don't even go anywhere close. Shoot, you could buy the Bosch Glide, and they're so nice. I think there are some things here for like home renovation services that they put in standards or something that contractors have to adhere to, which one of them is dust collection. Mm. So that kind of upped the ante for Festool. That actually worked in their favor. Hmm. That might just be a Vegas thing, though. Probably, because I haven't seen it around Greenville. The only the only guy that I know use well, two guys that I know that use Festool around Greenville, uh, cabinet guy and mm-hmm. my my buddy Schrock, who's the beam guy. But that's just because his production his production time increased with Festool, and he can he has clear, definitive, you know, well, results yeah. that his production increased. So there you for go. him, it's worth it. So. I think that's about it, though. Oh yeah, we've. I think we've talked more than enough about conferences and what the best things to do about conferences. Um, Honestly, the the simple the simple thing we can tell you is just find one that you think you might like, and hopefully it's reasonable on pricing. Mm -hmm. The bigger conferences normally are because the people that are trying to sell stuff are the ones that are paying for most of it. Vendor fees are very expensive. It's the, the ones you have to look for are like the trade show Mm -hmm. style ones, because there are attendees that go for the classes and stuff, but if you just want to go walk the exhibit, which is what I did, that Mm -hmm. part is free. Yep. So it's usually like, if you just want to walk the exhibit and look at the companies, those are usually completely free. Yeah. Because you don't need to get your uh, CEUs in for laser work. There you go. <laughs> so, 
All right, man. Well, I'll let you get to it. I am going to hopefully get an early night tonight and go to sleep because it was an early morning to drive down here. Have fun. Enjoy. I'll try. Talk to you later. Take man. Bye. See you. Thank you for listening to our show. Be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com where we post valuable resources, tips, and info about anything we've talked, into, talked about in today's shows or past shows. And all these things are to help your maker vision become a maker reality. If you have any questions or suggestions or any comments about what you heard today or, once again, in previous episodes, feel free to drop us a line at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at makervisionpodcast, or through mine and Trevor's personal Instagram accounts, and that is Old South Woodcraft or Maker Experiment. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review and a, and just some really nice words to, to let us know how good we're doing. Or if you didn't like it, let us know what you didn't like about it. Either way, we're happy to hear from you. And you can go and do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast, and we really look forward to hearing hearing from you next week. 